Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? Welcome to the Money Game Podcast. This is Raul Avila. I am your host, and I hope you enjoy today's show. So tonight's show is going to be about that. Welcome, everybody, uh, for joining us in. I am going to be connected to it, so make sure that if you have questions, you type it in. We'll be interacting through questions. But I can't, I, I was watching this replay. I can't do better than, than this replay. I did an excellent job. I was super prepared and, um, and it, I delivered a great message in this video, if I don't say so myself, right? But, um, but I want you guys to listen to it and hope you enjoy. And uh, we're gonna get started because it's actually 50, 59 minutes long. I really, really did take uh, the, whole, the whole session to do this. So uh, sit back, relax, enjoy, take notes, and hopefully this inspires you to become debt-free. Debt free. I remember when I became debt free, man, I was, oh man, it was such a beautiful moment. It was very emotional because I had been in debt for all my, I couldn't get rid of this credit card. You know, one of them I had others, but anyways, that's a, uh, another story, but here we go, man. Let's make it happen. Here we go. How's everybody doing this evening? Welcome everybody to the money the the money game show the money game show how you guys doing welcome to the money game show guys my name is raul avila and i am your host give me one second man i look good without one more time let's try one more time welcome everybody to the (laughs) money game money game show my name is raul avila and i am your host and i am really excited about tonight's uh tonight's meeting and what we're going to be doing tonight is talking about debt today the name of the show and the title of the show is Slave to the Lender Part One. This is going to be a probably two or th- for sure two, but maybe three part series where, where I'm going to be talking about the number one reason people don't save money. The number one reason people don't save money is because they have too much debt, one, too, way too much debt. You know, there's a there's a lot of things to talk about about this uh, about this topic, and it's unlimited. One of the reasons, guys, that we are tied financially, and we are, uh, and there's a reason why, you know, um, you know, if you if you read the Bible, there's a book filled with wisdom. It's called Proverbs, and there's a chapter. Uh, there's a there's a there's a verse on chapter 22, and 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 it's verse number seven that says, "As a rich rule over the poor, the borrower the borrower is slave." to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. And I could tell you right now, guys, that that is absolutely true. Slavery is alive and well nowadays. You know, uh, it was abolished in, uh, in the United States back in the, you know, Abraham Lincoln days. But you know what, guys, slavery is still alive and well. And, and that's the whole goal of today's, uh, of today's uh, show and next week's show. And maybe even the next week's show, because there's plenty of content to talk about in debt, is to make sure that you guys understand the power of being debt-free, the beauty of, of being of paying everything cash. You know, cash is king. And uh, and and you know, there there are there is debt. You know, you, you're gonna hear different uh, contradictions to this when when it comes to business owners and investors and how they use debt to make more money. They bar- they use other people's money to make money, right? But see, this is not uh, really, uh, you know, assigned to them. You know, a lot of people before they were in that situation, first they had to have good money habits, had to have a good grasp on money, making money their slave instead of being slave to the lender. They can't, they couldn't make money their slave because they were slaves themselves. And that's something that you have to first step one before you could become a great investor is get out of debt. And, uh, you know, uh, again, you know, I always talk about why I do these meetings is because I wasn't debt. you know, I was in nasty credit card debt. I had student loans, I had a car payment, and then I had a mortgage and I was broke. I was busted. I was basically, I was basically poor, you know, uh, I heard somebody say, man, I was so poor, you know, I was so poor that they didn't call it poor. They call it poor. I was so poor because I couldn't afford the R. <laughs> when he said that, I thought it was funny. I don't know. It's funny. It's supposed to be funny, right? So, uh, yeah, man, there's, there's, I was so broke, so messed up financially that I wanted to change that. So what I did is I started 
following these principles that I'm about to show you guys tonight that is going to be huge value. I know I'm not going to uh, have time. I'm, I know for sure I'm going to run out of time because there's so much to talk about and, and, and it's not possible to do it in an hour. So is there a need for this? Absolutely. Right now, the average American household has a credit card balance of guess what? And this is a this is by CNBC. Okay, a statistic done in 2018, excuse me, 2018 CNBC.com uh, wrote an article about this. And in the article, it said that the average US household carries a credit card balance of, of almost $17,000, $16,883 to be exact. And you know what? I've been in the financial service industry for 19 years now. And that and 19 years ago, when I first heard that statistic was the first time I ever heard a statistic about debt. And this is just credit card, right? That does, this doesn't include auto more um, auto debt. It doesn't include mortgage debt. It doesn't include the crazy student loans, right? So look, this statistic 19 years ago was ten thousand dollars ten thousand and change like i don't know let's make up a number ten thousand two hundred dollars ten thousand two hundred and twenty three dollars and fifty cents <laughs> it was low 19 well that's pretty high actually but 19 years later now it's sixteen thousand eight hundred and eighty three dollars so it's is it getting worse or is it getting better what do you think it's going to be in the future you think it's going to be better or worse I guarantee you it's going to be worse because credit card companies are masters in marketing credit card. They tie you down with 0% interest, do a balance transfer with, with, you know, there's a balance transfer fee. Some of them don't charge a balance transfer fee, but they'll give you a 0% interest for 12, for 18 months, for 24 months, and they got you. They hook you. Now it's, I mean, if you have discipline and you have, uh, and, and, and money's your slave, then you know what? That might work. But the problem is that when you free up one credit card, when you free up one credit card, because you did a balance transfer to another credit card, you had one only. Now you have two of them. And one of them is, has a big balance that you transfer from this one, right? And then now you have two credit cards and you transfer the balance on this one to this one, but now you have a zero, zero balance here. And guess what most people do? You guessed it. What they're gonna do is they're, now they have a big balance on this, on credit card B, and then credit card A has a zero balance. And what do they start doing? They start putting money on credit card A again because they don't have good financial habits. Like for example, um, uh, you know, they don't have a budget. So because they don't have a budget, they don't have control of their money. So they're gonna be spending more than they make and then they're gonna need something, need something. And then they're gonna use their credit card because they have that open credit card with zero balance and boom, now they got you. That's how they do it. They pretty much all communicate with each other guys. Discover card, right? American distress, <laughs> you know? Citibank, all those banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. And, um, and you know what, guys? They are masters at getting people in debt, okay? So if, if it had to do with math, you wouldn't be in debt. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing a balance transfer to a 0% interest and, it, and, and, and you think that's a strategy, well, that's not really a good strategy because if it was mathematic, mathematically, it makes sense. But if it was up to math, you wouldn't be in debt. Does that make sense? So we're going to be talking a lot about that, guys. Uh, you know, debt is a big part why Americans uh, Americans have no savings. Look at this. Nearly 60% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings in their checking account. $1,000 is nothing because if you have an emergency, that's according to Yahoo Finance in 2018. If you have an emergency fund and you don't have I mean, if you have $1,000 in savings and you have an emergency, then what's going to happen? You're going to get, you're going to have to borrow money because a typical emergency, I mean, we've all had them, right? A typical emergency is not, um, a typical emergency is not $1,000 or less. A typical emergency minimum, I mean, minimum $1,500. 
And I've had emergencies where I had to fork out $5,000. So $1,000 is not enough. And that's 60% of Americans are in that situation. So if they have an emergency and they only have $1,000 saved in their, in, their, in their checking account, where are they going to come up with the difference? They're going to have to get in debt. And that's, where, that's what I'm talking about. That's where the credit card with zero balance is going to come in and it's going to be used because you need to get out of that emergency because you don't have a, an emergency fund. Does that make sense? But why do people not have an emergency fund? Because they have debt. And why do people have that? Because they don't have an emergency fund. So it's kind of like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I'm going to talk about that. What, what's a priority? What's first, right? What's first? Look at this. A third of Americans are afraid of, purchase, of a purchase of just $100 because that will max out their credit cards. That will max out their credit cards. That's pretty insane, right? So... So if you have, if you, if you make a purchase of $100, a third of Americans, that's 33% of Americans are about to max out their credit cards. That's, that's according to CNBC.com on an article uh, that was written on 2019. That's pretty crazy, right? And then, uh, and then check this out. There's another statistic that says 25, excuse me. 45% say that they have less than $25,000 in savings and investing put away for their retirement. So it's all mixed together. Okay. It's all mixed together. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and share with you guys something that, 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 uh, what comes first, the chicken or the egg that I was explaining to you guys. So let me, let me go ahead and show you something. If there is a priority of what people should be doing, well, let me tell you. The, prior, the priority goes like this, okay? The priority goes like this. Give me one second. Okay. okay, the prior the priority goes like this. We call it, I like to call it the financial house. Okay, there's a there's a there's a way for you to build your financial plan that you do it step by step that works every single time if you do it like I'm about to show you, okay? There's a house, just imagine a house, okay? A house that has a foundation, there it is. You see that? A house starts with a foundation. If you were to build a, if you were to build a house, you wouldn't build it on sand. You would first, and all construction workers, what do they do? When you see a big development being built, what is the first thing that you see? You see the foundation. Yes, there's underground piping and, and plumbing and all that stuff, but you don't see it. That's underground. The first thing you see when you build a house is the foundation. So the foundation, to make sure you, you have a financial plan that's in order, you have to build, you have to protect your income first. That's step one. Protect your income. Why? Because your income is your number one wealth building tool. Write that down. If you're taking notes, you should write this down. Your income is your number one wealth building tool. So your income is your number one wealth building tool. So guess what? You have you should what you should do is you should protect it. And the way you protect it is through life insurance. Does that make sense? All right. Next, what do you do? Once you have your life insurance, and by the way, the right type of life insurance, okay? I already did uh, uh, webinars on the right type of life insurance. You could always watch it, by the way. If you want to watch previous episodes to these, uh, to the Money Game Show, what you got to do is you got to text me at, the, at this number, 760-501-2536. I'll repeat it, 760 501 Two five three six. If you text me the word webinar, if you text the word webinar to that number and you register your number, what's going to happen is that I'm going to add you and I'm and you're going to get notifications and you're going to get a, a, a link that takes you to all the previous webinars that I've done so far. This is week 12. So you, you're going to see 11 weeks webinars of, of webinars that I've done in the past. So that not only you could watch the one that I, that I talk about having the right type of life insurance, but also making sure that you also share it with friends and family because people need to see this stuff. There's a big need. One of the, one of the biggest reasons I'm so excited for Wednesday nights, like I seriously look forward to Wednesday nights at six o'clock. 
because I know I have fun doing it. I love this. This is my passion. But also I know that, that I'm feeling a big need, a big, uh, a, a, there's a big gap. You know, school doesn't teach anything about money on how money works, right? So look, step one is protecting your income. Step two is now building a budget, an emergency fund and a will. A budget is because once you protect it, now you have to manage it. Once you protect your income, now you have to manage your income. And the way you manage your income is you tell it where to go instead of wondering where it went. And the way you do that is by building a budget. Then, then at the same time, building your emergency fund. What is, what is a good emergency fund? Well, the first type of emergency fund that everybody should have is $1,000 cash, step one. Step two is then saving enough money to have three times your income, three, three months worth of income. So if you make 5,000 a month, three times five is $15,000 that you should have in, a, in an emergency fund in case of an emergency so, so that you won't do what? So that you won't get in debt. Step three is now paying off your debt. Why? Because when debt is high, savings is low. So if, so, if, so if you get out of debt, now you're able to free up money to do what with it? To save for retirement, which is step four. Step five, to save for your kid's college. And step six, to save for other goals and dreams. Does that make sense? That's, this is how you should do it. From step one to step six is how everybody should build their financial plan. A lot of people have like, let's say, they start investing in stocks. Like for example, this week I got a call from one of my clients who doesn't have a lot of money saved up, only $5,000 in, um, in their Roth IRA. And then he says, Raul, I wanna take out all my money because my friends are all telling me that, that I'm dumb for investing in a Roth IRA in a mutual fund because, because they're making so much money in cryptocurrencies. <laughs> and you know what? Chris, cryptocurrencies are going up pretty crazy, actually. They're hot right now. The problem is, is that if you put all your eggs in one basket and then your basket breaks, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You're going to lose all your money. And if you invest your money in something that is so volatile, like cryptocurrency, volatile, what does that mean? That means risky. That means very, very risky. Then what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is that they're, you're going to lose a lot of the money that you have already invested, in this case, in a Roth IRA. Are you kidding me? Big mistake that people are doing. And I don't want to assume that, uh, that a lot of people are doing that, but it's a big mistake that people are cashing out their 401ks, their traditional IRAs and their Roth IRAs and putting it in, uh, in cryptocurrencies. That's crazy. That's pretty crazy. So I knocked some sense into him. I, sh I showed him that his mutual fund has averaged since 2017 over 80% since 2017. And I told him, look, you're already making a good return. Could you make more in cryptocurrencies right now? Maybe. I don't know. What if it drops negative 100% in this, in this next seven days? Is that possible? Absolutely, yes. Nothing goes up 100% in a week and expect it to go up another 100% next week. It just, nothing works like that. What goes up must come down. That's just how it is with everything in life. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I told them, look, you, you're already doing good. Plus the money you've invested, you're going to have to pay interest on that. You're going to have to pay, uh, excuse me, you're going to have to pay taxes on that because you're you're withdrawing your money before the age of 59 and a half, you're going to get penalized and you're going to have to pay $50 to close your account. My recommendation, I've been doing this for 19 years. I told them, don't do it. Big, big mistake. And uh, yeah, and hopefully he listened. I don't know if he listened, but hopefully he listened, but hopefully you're listening. <laughs> hopefully you're listening, which is what matters because a lot of people, look guys, a lot of people are not saving the way they should and they're retiring in the worst shape than ever before. Right now, there was, uh, there was an article written uh, by Smart Money that says that out of 100 people that turn, out of all the people that work from age 25 to 65, this is how they end up, okay? So they worked 40 years of their life 
And after 40, maybe more, some of, some of you guys, I started working when I was 13 years old. Some of you started working younger than 13 years old. So out of all the people that work from age 25 to 65, they found out that 54% of families end up dependent, dependent on what? Dependent on the government, dependent on social security, uh, you know, uh, their kids. So if you, re if you retire, if you reach age 65 and you're depending on somebody, is that good or is that bad? Would you want to end up in that situation? Of course, nobody wants to end up in that situation, but, but see 54% end up in that situation. Like my grandfather, he ended up in that situation and he said, you know what? I can't be dependent on anybody, but I didn't save any money. So I'm going to have to keep on working, working till when? Till I, till I guess my body can't no more, right? Or until I die. And he ended up working to age 75 and that's when his body couldn't do it no more. So 54% end up dependent. That's more than half of America will retire at age 65, depending on somebody or someone or the government. 36% still have to work at age 65. That's, that was my grandfather, right? So if you add those two, that's already 90% of America end up retiring, depending on somebody or having to work till the day they can't or the day they die. 90%. That's a huge piece of the pie, right, guys? So, I mean, <laughs> it's, is it getting better or is it getting worse? You know what? I'm sorry to say this, but it's getting worse. And that's the power of these meetings. In fact, in fact, if you are passionate about helping people, then I need more people to help me do these webinars. And if you feel like, like if you're, if you feel called, if you feel like inspired to teach people about money, then let me know because we're looking for people to do more of these webinars. And we do all the training and, but Raul, I have no knowledge. Don't worry, I'll teach you. I will show you exactly how, what to do. When I started, I didn't know nothing either. I didn't know what a mutual fund was, never heard it before. Roth IRA, never in my life have I heard those words before. Life insurance, I had never heard those two words together in one sentence in my life before entering in the financial service industry. I was a high school teacher, but I was broke. I was paycheck to paycheck. I had credit card debt, student loans, mortgage, car payment, and I was single with no kids. I couldn't get married. Even if I had to found the one, if, even if I had found the one, I couldn't get married because I was broke. What smart girl would ever marry a guy like that, right? And of course, I wasn't going to marry anything but a smart woman. Check this out, guys. Proverbs 22.7 says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is slave to the lender. You want to know what the definition of debt is? Reading this book called Money Matters by Andre Olivier. In this book, one of the things that it talks about, it talks, one of the chapters is that the whole chapter is dedicated on helping people get out of debt. And, and in this book, it talks about the definition of debt. Ready for this? The definition of debt is the inability to pay an agreed obligation. The definition of debt is the inability to pay, the inability to pay an agreed obligation the inability to pay an agreed obligation. So, so when you borrow money and you pay it back, then you're not in debt. But if you borrow $10,000 and you can't pay it back, so you have to make payments of a of $100 a month, then now you're in debt because you're not able to pay to to pay an agreed obligation. Pretty cool, right? I thought that was really interesting. So I wanted to share that. Another thing I want to share is, is how to pay off your debt. I'm going to share with you something about, you know, you guys all heard about compound interest, right? I want to share with you something, something that has to do with that. Okay. Because there's a thing called compound interest, reverse compound interest. Look at this statistic. It says, did you know if you made a one-time 
$3,000 credit card purchase with an 18% interest. By the way, the average interest rate in the United States is 17.5%. So 18% is not crazy, right? If you have a credit card at Macy's, if you have a credit card at Lowe's, if you have a credit card at JCPenney's, Sears, I don't know, Sears doesn't exist anymore, I think, right? Walmart, right? Amazon. If you have a credit card, the average interest rate on those retail credit cards is 21.99%. Pretty crazy, right? But it says right here, if you did, did you know that if you made a one-time purchase of $3,000 on a credit card debt with an 18% interest rate with no new purchases, look at this, with no new purchases and you make the minimum payments, it would take at least 10 years to pay it off and end up paying more than $2,000 in interest. So you made a purchase of $3,000 minimum payment. That means you're in debt because you you're, you're in, unable to pay an agreed obligation. Now you have to pay a total of $5,000 to pay off the debt. So I know, man, I know it. Look, if you're listening to this and you're more than $3,000 in debt, then I feel you, all right? I feel you because most likely you're in a situation that I was. I know how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. I felt the same way. And, 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 the, and the thing about it is that you feel helpless. You feel like you can't, you're never going to be able to get out of it. And you feel like you're trapped. You know, you feel like you're in a hamster in a wheel and you're like just running and running and trying and trying to get out of debt and you just can't and you just, it's just hard, right? And of course, that's why you're, you're, you may be not, so if you're, if you're in debt and you're drowning in debt and you feel like that, you're probably not saving money and it's all psychological. So imagine if you have $10,000 in credit card debt. So with that ratio, you're going to end up paying $18,000, $18,000 total. So $8,000 in interest. And that's not good, right? That's not good. So that's something to think about because that is called compound interest in reverse, reverse compound interest. So we talk about investing and how you can make your money grow and how it explodes and how $200 a month in 35 years, you only put in $86,000, but the, but, but because it's invested in compound interest, you have $1.3 million. Well, this is reverse compound interest and it's worse because in investing, you're going to get a 10 to 12% rate of return, but in debt, you're going to have to pay 18 to 20% interest. So imagine the compound effect on 18%. And this is why the banks are super wealthy and the, and the government bails them out and all that stuff because they produce so much money for the economy, well, for themselves. And then they give a lot of, you know, a lot of lobbying money to politicians and stuff like that. So guess what the politicians are going to do? They're going to bail them out. It sounds a little unfair. Yup. It's unfair, but that's just the life we live in. And if you live in this life, you have to, you see, you have to play the game. That's why I call this the money game show the money game show because it's a game that if you learn how to play it you could beat them in their game you could beat them in their game yes you can 80 percent of millionaires are brand new millionaires 80 percent of millionaires are first generation millionaires you know what they did all those first generation millionaires like me and like you what they did is they learned the game they played the game and they won the game. Does that make sense? They learned the game, they played the game, and then they won the game. Let's talk about this. Look at this, revolving debt versus fixed debt. Credit card debt is, is what is known as revolving debt. The interest comp compounds daily instead of monthly, which means you can pay more, much more in interest because there is no fixed amount that you pay each month your debt can, can go on forever. Additionally, your interest rate could change at almost any time. And there is little a consumer can do beyond paying off the entire balance at once. And most don't. 
I know I couldn't. I was drowning in debt. It, it felt, I felt hopeless. Look at how revolving debt can erode your financial security. Look at this, guys. Revolving debt, if you have, a, let's say you have a revolving debt, which is a credit card, right? At a $17,000 $17, balance at 18% interest, your payment is $595 a month. You're going to pay $12,000, $12,500 in interest for those $17,000 that you owe. And you're going to pay off the debt in 17 years and two months. But a fixed debt, which is different, look at this, the same $17,000 at 18%, if you pay the same $595 a month, you're going to pay only $5,370 in interest, and you're going to pay off your debt in three years and two months. Look at that. Look at the difference. Screenshot this. If you're watching this, look at this. How is that? How is this possible? <laughs> how could this be even legal, right? Isn't that, isn't that true? How could this be legal? I'm looking at this now. I've been at this for 19 years and I, I'm still shocked that this is legal. Again, it's the money game. You have to learn how to play the game so that you could win the money game. Now that you know this about the money game, what should you be doing with revolving debts? You should be, <laughs> you should be running from it and trying to get rid of it like there's no tomorrow. Is that crazy? That's one of the craziest things that, that I saw 19 years ago when it was taught to me. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm getting screwed over nasty. What can I do? How can I get out of debt, right? How, what's another solution, Raul? Okay, you're giving me good pointers. What's another solution? Well, I'm so glad you asked. There's a thing called debt stacking. And I want, I want you to fo follow with me, okay? Follow with me on this. I'm gonna do my best in explaining this to you so that we could all get it. And, uh, and I'm gonna do the best that I can so that you get it the first time. If you don't, that's okay. Watch the video, replay over and over and over. And, um, and this, this, this is not rocket science, by the way, okay? Debt stacking can lead to debt freedom. It says, if the idea of paying off your debt seems overwhelming, consider debt stacking. They say you can eat an elephant one bite at a time. Well, the same concept works with paying off your debt by taking into account the interest rate and amount of debt. Debt stacking identifies an ideal order for you to pay off your debts. You begin by consistent payments on all your debts, by making consistent payments on all your debts. The debt, the debt that debt stacking suggests that you pay off first is called your target account. And I'm going to get into how do you rank them, right? Like, because you have to rank them one, you attack one first and then you attack the next one and then you attack the next one. But how do you rank them, right? There are programs you can enroll in that automatically select your target account for using a variety of criteria to help you get out of debt faster. When you pay off the target account, you roll that payment into the next payment, the next target account. These extra dollars help you reduce the effect of compound interest working against you or reverse compound interest. As each debt is paid off, you apply the amount you were paying on that debt to the payment that you were making on the next target account. Debt stacking allows you to make the same total monthly payment each month. In the example, in the example I'm about to show you right now, towards all your debts and you'll, so anyway, let me explain to you guys this, okay? This is how it works. Here's uh, an example of a family that has this type of situation. Look at this. They have a retail credit card. The balance doesn't matter, okay? The balance matters only in the fact that what you're gonna be doing is you're gonna putting, be putting first the smallest balance first. 
but Raul, doesn't it make sense to to pay off the the one the 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 credit card with the highest interest rate first so look if it was about math again see somebody asked me that question and i said if it was about math you would not be in debt so let me explain to you first and then you could decide and then you could and then you could see why this is better and it's true man you know actually um one time when i started my debt uh debt elimination program that's what I was told. And, and then I heard Dave Ramsey and then Dave Ramsey says it too. And, and then I said, oh, they got it from Dave Ramsey. But it's true. If it was about math, you wouldn't be in debt because you would understand that reverse compound interest in these, uh, what is it called? The revolving debt is not a smart thing, smart thing to be in. Doesn't make mathematical sense. So just follow the system here. Get the smallest balance first. In this case, retail credit card one was the smallest balance in this example. Then we have credit card number two. Then we have number the third line of credit is a car loan. Then we have credit card number three. And then we have the mortgage. So we got three credit cards, a car payment, and a mortgage. And the payment that you see right there is the minimum payment, the minimum payment, and don't add anything extra into it. So here's, here's how you want to do it. You want to get you want to get all your credit cards or debts all your debts and make minimum payments on all of them but raul let me ask you a question what if okay let me let me stop the share here what if what if you know what what do, what do most people do when they do have a little bit of extra money and they want to get out of debt you know what common sense says human nature we're all wired this way it says to get to put an extra $50 on credit card number one, and then an extra $50 on credit card number two, an extra $50 on credit card number three, and then an extra $100 on my car, and then that's it. The mortgage, make, make the minimum payment. This is human nature. You know why I know this? Because I was doing this. I was making this mistake. But debt stacking, what they do, what they want you to do is, the way it works is that I'm going to have you get all your extra payments, right? All the extra payments that you're that you're putting on all these different places and just get that extra amount let's say it's 500 total and concentrate it in just one debt and which debt the one with the smallest balance first does that make sense because that's going to allow you to attack one debt with vengeance and once you're out of debt in that card what are you going to do let's say uh let's go back to the example right in this example the payment in this example in credit card number one the payment is 220 dollars a month once you're debt free with that debt what are you going to do with that debt you're going to get the 220 dollars that you were paying on that debt and you're going to add it to the next credit card which is a payment of 353 dollars so what's 353 plus 220 that's 573 dollars a month that you're going to now attack the second debt credit card number two and once you're done paying off credit card number two, you're going to add the $573 to the next credit to the car payment, which is a payment of $551. So what's 551 plus 573? $1,124. And you're going to use that money to pay that off, that car off way faster than before. And now you're going to use that thousand dollars added to the next credit card and you just keep going and going and going and that's called debt stacking and that's how it works so as each debt is paid off you apply the amount you were paying towards that debt to the payment that you were making on the next debt and here are the results look at this the results are staggering guys without debt stacking you were on track like the way most people do it in this example, they were on track to pay off their debt in 23 years. They're going to avoid paying zero interest, zero dollars in interest. They were going to pay $214,000 in interest. And their monthly payment was $2,720 a month total, right? So now with debt stacking, this family is going to get out of debt in nine years instead of 23 years, which is 14 years sooner. Not only that, 
because they're going to get out of debt sooner. They're going to save $130,000 in interest. So that means they're only going to pay $83,799 in interest. And the payment didn't change. The payments stayed the same, the same $2,720 a month. That's exactly how it works. So now I'm going to give you ideas of how to avoid the credit card traps, how to avoid credit card mistakes. Okay, number one, the first mistake is not valuing your credit. Good credit is, see, by paying off your debt, what's gonna happen, guys? We're gonna pay, we're gonna pay off our debts and you're gonna start getting all these notifications on your credit karma and, and, your, and your credit card saying, your, your credit score just went up two points or five points or 100 points or whatever. Good credit is a value commodity in today's world, a very valuable. Bad credit, including a bad credit record, like late payments or high balances or all that stuff, can create a negative financial profile that can surface when you have a legitimate need to borrow money. The second one says raising credit card limits. If you use your credit cards, avoid raising your credit card limits. This is huge. I used to do this. <laughs> this big mistake right here. An increased limit is merely an increased temptation to buy. Yes or no? Absolutely, yes. If a company notifies you that they are raising your credit limit, take that as a warning signal. Remember, credit card. See, I remember when I got my, my uh, first credit card, I was in college. I was walking around in the, in the main uh, area. I forget what it's called, but it's where all the students walk around in when it's like uh, when it's lunchtime or something. And all the students are hanging out right there. And guess who's also there? Credit card vultures. <laughs> it's illegal now, but back then it wasn't illegal. And I remember walking up to, uh, walking right past this table and the guy said, hey, you want a Frisbee? Or a hat, or I don't even remember. They used to give out hats, Frisbees, T-shirts, free. Guess what? College students love free stuff. Because they're broke, all right? So anything free, you see how illegal this is? It's so crazy how it was legal back then. And I said, yeah, give me something for free. <laughs> and so I went to that table and they said, look, just fill up an application. And I said, but I don't have a job. And then the guy goes, it's okay. Who knows? You might qualify. This, this credit card is for college students. Crazy, right? And I said, but I don't have any credit. I've never had any credit. I have zero credit, never had a credit card ever or a car or anything. I was a freshman, right? And then the guy said, credit is not necessary. I filled up the application and guess what? Yep, you guessed it. About a week or two later, I got a letter with a nice juicy plastic credit card. with a $1,000 credit limit. And it was Discover card. I remember like if it was yesterday because I was so excited to open up that envelope. I mean, I mean, I opened up that letter and I got really excited because I said, wow, Discover card is awesome. I don't have a job and I don't have any credit and they gave me a $1,000 credit limit. Are you kidding me? First of all, retards, how could you give me a credit limit? I'm gonna go spend this right away. And guys, in a week, I already had a $1,000 credit limit all maxed out. Cause I went to go buy some nice shirts and some party clothes and all these dumb things, right? And, uh, and yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy. So I became loyal to it. And see, if a company's trying to increase your credit limit, guess what? Be careful. Warning, warning, warning. They don't love you. <laughs> they don't love you. They want to screw you, okay? Number three, not monitoring, not monitoring your credit history. 
That's a big mistake as well. Know where you stand. Lenders and prospective employers get a snapshot of your debt repayment history with your credit report. And by the way, anybody could get a free credit report. Just go to freecreditreport.com, right? And it is important for you to know what they are seeing, right? If you, some people look at, look at uh, your credit report to hire you. If you have bad credit, that means you kind of are a little irresponsible. Number four, not missing your credit score, not monitoring your credit score, excuse me. A good credit score can determine a lot of things today. Whether you'll be approved for credit, the interest rate on your loans, the cost of your homeowners and auto insurance, and whether you will be approved to rent a house or an apartment, right? Don't they check, don't they check your credit if, if you're trying to rent an apartment? Yep, they do a credit check. And number five, the last one is not knowing your interest rate and fees. Fees vary widely among credit cards. Always make sure you know what the interest rate and annual fees are before you accept the card. And guess what? Don't accept the card. Rip up some credit cards. Some of you guys need to do a what's called a placectomy. Let me show you something, guys. Don't carry. Here's another tip. Don't carry credit. I, I'm already running out of time. I already told you that this, this is going to go roll, rolling up until the next, the next episode. Look at this. Here's my credit. Here's my, excuse me, my wallet. And I want to show you what I don't do. And I'm, you know, I practice what I preach. One of the reasons I'm, I'm debt free, except my house and my goal is to pay off my house in the next two years is because I follow, um, uh, I do what I'm telling you to do. Look at this. If, you, if my credit card, I have stamps right here. So, so I need stamps, right? I have some checks just in case I have an emergency. So, I, so, so in case of an emergency, I could do, I could do like an, a, you know, a, a quick check and, and write myself a check, right? So again, I have stamps. I have receipts because today I, I ate at the at the habit because actually the first time in a while that I eat out because we always take lunch because we like to save money. And then look at this, guys. Ready? Look at my wallet. I'm going to open it up right here inside. You're going to notice that I have my driver's license. I have, oops, did I do that publicly? <laughs> I have my business account and then I have my right here my wells fargo platinum card which is my checking account so i got my business and my checking i'm gonna have to edit this video huh <laughs> so what did you notice that i don't have on my credit card what did you notice you notice that i don't carry cash and you notice that i don't have a credit card okay why because if I carry cash, I'm going to spend it. You're like me. I'm like you. It's going to disappear. My wife's going to say, if I have 50 bucks, my wife's going to say, babe, I need $20. Do you have any cash? What am I going to say? Yes. I'm going to dangle my $50. And you know what she's going to do? Yank. She's going to yank it for me. And I am never going to see the change, $30 change ever again in my life. Also, I don't carry a credit card because the same thing. I'm going to look at something and I'm going to be like, Ooh, oh man, I got to have that. But let's check my bank account balance. Oh, this is me 19 years ago. Okay. Only have 20 bucks in my checking account. Dang. Well, discover card hooked me up. And then swipe. And then I'm in debt. Don't carry credit cards. If you're, uh, if you're on, on a game plan to get out of debt, do not carry credit cards with you. And do not carry cash and you'll spend less. I promise you that. And, um, and that's pretty much it. That's all I got for today. Next week, tune in. I'm going to definitely hit on some powerful uh, psychological issues. And, and, uh, and to end this, uh, to end this webinar, what I'm going to do 
to end this, uh, the money game show, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you something that inspired me like crazy to get out of debt. First of all, meet people that don't have any debt. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Who knows? Do you know anybody that doesn't have any debt? Well, let me tell you, there are people out there that don't have any debt. There are people out there that don't have any debt at all. And, and you know what? You know what? If you have uh, no debt, if you, if, you, if you know somebody that has no debt, talk to them often about how they did it and you're going to get inspired. And the last thing I'm going to show you is, um, yeah, I'm not checking the live chat. There's like a, a chat going on on YouTube and I can't, I can't multitask. Sorry. I'll reply to the chat later on. Charles Gonzalez and Amy. All right. So check this out. Look at this, guys. I want to show you something that inspired me and I'm going to end the show with this. Here we go. Thanks for joining us, America. In the lobby of Financial Peace Plaza, right here in Martha's Place, is Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the Dave Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks well, for having me. We're so excited to have you. Where are you from? Columbia, South Carolina. Ooh, that's a bit of a drive to Nashville. What, about seven hours? About seven hours. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, it's good to have you. I assume you're here to do your debt-free scream? Oh, yes, sir. I love it. And how much have you paid off? We've paid off a grand total of $105,000 in four years. Way to go. I love Thanks. it. Very cool. Making what kind of money during that time? 75000 Wow. We went from an income of 60000 to 75000 during Excellent. that time. Very good. Good for you. What kind of debt was the hundred and five? Mortgage on the house. You paid off your house? Paid off the house. You're not old enough to have a paid for house. <laughs> How old are you? 30 years old, Dave. Oh, my gosh. You're so weird. I, I am weird. I well, love it. That's what got us started in the first place, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, four years ago, you're 26 years old. Mm -hmm. What happens that makes you believe you can pay off your house? Because everybody knows that you can't get ahead in the American economy. I mean, there's structural problems in the economy. You can't win, and yet you went and paid off your house. Of course. Well, Dave, it all started back in 2006 when Jay and I first got married. Um, we saw your banner on Winthrop University's campus. He was doing his MBA mm -hmm. uh, in business mm -hmm. and finance. And it said, normal is broke, be weird. There you go. And uh, we researched that saying and found out that it was you and your principles behind what we do here. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, decided to get on board with your program because we had a we had an overall goal of wanting to live and give like no one else there you go i love that what a great mm -hmm. goal all right so four years so twenty five thousand dollars a year out of a 75 or a sixty thousand dollar income depending yeah. on which year we look at this mm -hmm. you guys have really watched what you're doing i mean you've been on beans and rice i bet people made fun yeah. of you uh dave we we had some some lookers there that were really questionable about what we were doing. Now that the house is paid off and you're only 30 years old, I bet they're believers now. I think they are. Yeah, People or at, are least really that, at least that's the ultimate way to give them a shut up. <laughs> Seriously, I love it. Live on beans and rice. It there can you get go. you a long way. Well, and now you got the rest of your life with not a payment in the world. That's right, Dave. I mean, if you can't build wealth mm -hmm. and you can't give in that scenario, something's seriously wrong with you. Exactly. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. I'm very Thank proud you. of you. Thank you you. got to feel great. What do you tell people the secret to getting out of debt is? The secret to getting out of debt is discipline. You really have to be disciplined in what you're doing, mm -hmm. and you have to make a plan. Are you naturally disciplined? Uh, to begin with, no. Um, what what made you disciplined? Because most people say, I'm not disciplined. Mm -hmm. I, when they hear that, they say, I can't do it then. You know, but, but you became disciplined. What, how did you do that? Having a goal really uh, helped me to become disciplined. There you go. And also what's been going on for the past five years, really. Mm -hmm. um, my husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor in 2008. A uh, year and a half into our marriage. Wow. And um, Dave, we were really glad that we started with your principles um, to begin with that early on in our marriage. 
we had built up an emergency fund, which was baby step one. Mm -hmm. Um, We were living with his parents Mm -hmm. in the basement of their house. Mm -hmm. And so glad that when that diagnosis came and the medical bills started rolling in, we were able to use that emergency fund to not go into debt medically um, and still start saving and uh, putting towards our retirement accounts and then Mm -hmm. we really had to sit down and take a look because his diagnosis meant having continuous medical bills for the Mm -hmm. rest of his life oh really he passed away in april we really sat down after he got diagnosed and said well okay we have to plan out financially for what's going to happen medically Mm -hmm. we just started putting aside money uh, for that type of emergency fund as well as funding an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. So planning for a plan and as well as paying double our house payment during that time as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so you guys are fighting that fight with him. Meanwhile, he's fighting a fight for you yeah. so that he leaves you debt free. Mm-hmm. That that was his legacy that he wanted to leave. He and wanted he did. to make sure... He did. What a wonderful legacy. So when was the house paid off? August 28th. It was just shy of four years before our first house payment. And just a few months after he passes. Mm-hmm. Wow. We had, we had made our plan at the beginning of this year uh-huh. to become debt-free in June, Dave. Uh-huh. Um, and he passed in April. I needed to use some of our emergency sure. fund to sure. um, take care of funeral expenses. Sure. So I had to put that off until August. Oh, but my goodness. We were $11,000 to go before paying off the house when he passed, and August came, and I did it. There you go. I did it. Well, Mm -hmm. and you and I both know he's watching the whole time. He is. And screaming screaming debt-free with us right now. Absolutely. That's amazing. Absolutely. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. How old was he? 30 years old. 30 years old, same Mm -hmm. age. Oh, my Mm -hmm. goodness. That is the most heartbreaking and victorious story all at the same time. You're amazing. Thank you, Dave. That's an amazing story. Thank you. And you are set for the rest of your life. I am. I am. um, And and my goodness, you do all this before you're 30, uh, you can do anything. There's nothing can stop you. (laughs) I mean, you. you, I believe that. Yeah. I I mean, that, whew. I believe that. That that much life already lived. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you, uh, you're you're what we call tough now. Oh, my goodness. I'm so proud of you. God's good. Dave, he is. He is so good. His provisions, you know, never, never fail. No, they don't. Never fail. Absolutely okay. amazing. What was your husband's name? Jay. Jay. Uh huh. All right. Well, Jay and Lauren have paid off their home. Here we go, guys. This inspired me like crazy right for. here. I absolutely love Check it. Check this out. Check this out. One hundred and five thousand dollars paid off in four years making $75,000 a year by the time she's 30 years old, by the time he's 30 years old. Count it down. Let's hear a great debt-free scream. Three, two, Two, one. That's powerful, man. Unbelievable. Uh, everybody's cheering and crying at the same time out there in Martha's Place. Wow. Unbelievable. Mm. I, I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> You're incredible, Lauren. That's amazing. Absolutely incredible. Wow. All I can say is, is that if she can do it and they can do it in that situation, yep, exactly, you got no excuses. That's exactly. You can sit around and listen to people who say ridiculous things like the economy is structurally flawed and the political system is stacked against you and all these moronic academic viewpoints Crazy. that are simply not true. Or you can be introduced to Lauren who believes Crazy, that right, her guys? destiny is in her control. Is that amazing or what, guys? That is exactly what helped me, like, more than anything else, inspired me every day. And, guys, there's this video right here. I'm going to post it up on the chat, okay? So check this out. I'm going to post this in the chat, and uh, and I want you – and it's it's already top of the hour, so we're done. 
go ahead and, and uh, click on that chat. And then what I'm going to do also is I want you to uh, follow these next steps, right? So if, if this video inspired and you, you want to know more about uh, what's what's happening in the, you know, want to learn more, want to stay on top of on top of the on top of things, look at the description of this video. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to post the link where you guys are able to I'm going to post the link where you guys are able to uh, uh, click on it. And you guys are able to know what the next step is. How can you get involved? How can you learn more? And how can you win in the money game and uh, and win financially? So, man, I can't wait for next week and share with you more more stuff about debt and the and the and the evils of different types of debts and stuff like that. That I couldn't. I, there's no way I, I was able to finish today with the class. But I'm definitely out of time. Thank you so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I'm really excited for next week. See you next Wednesday. Same day, same time, same link. And uh, love you guys, man. God bless you. Until the next time, may God richly bless you. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.